And now, on Prophetic Faith. for tuning in to another week's broadcast here at Prophetic Faith. I'm Pastor Robbie Barrett, pastor of Excellent Faith Ministries in Tazewell, Virginia. And tonight we're going into volume three again, part two, on preventative faith. We've been dealing with mountains. And many of you watching right now, I guarantee you, you have probably have a mountain in your way, stopping you from receiving what God has. And you may be saying to yourself, if I could just get past this obstacle or get past this circumstance, well, the enemy knows that. That's why he wants to make it appear to you so big, so mighty, that it's unpassable. You can't pass it. But I've got news for you tonight. If you've got a mountain, God has a word for you. Let's get into this message and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. I'll see you in just a moment. So when he says, my word abide in you and you abide in my word, then you can demand what you will and it shall be done unto you. Now, here's my point on all this. Say this with me. Stay connected. Say it with me. Stay connected. Stay connected. What does that mean? Real simply, if I bring a vacuum cleaner in here that has a power cord on it, I cannot vacuum whatsoever until I connect it to power. I can make the little motion with my mouth. You know what I mean? I can do all that and nothing's going to be picked up, right? You might even look at me like I'm crazy. Now why? Because you know that I'm not connected to power. I'm not connected to it. So what do I need to do? I need to connect to that power so that I can do what I need to do. That's what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, listen, I'm the power source. I'm the one that causes you to bear fruit. And if you're not connected to me, you're not going to bear fruit. Now, we know all the ways to be connected to God. We know it's through reading the Word. It's through being faithful to the plans that He has for you. It's through prayer and spending time with Him. It's by doing all these things that we stay connected to God. Brother Robbie, how do you stay in faith all the time? How do you do it, man? This is how I do it. I make sure that I stay connected. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to stay connected. But I do it anyways. Amen? Now, sometimes at night, can I be real with you? Sometimes at night, I'm in that recliner, and it's cold outside in the building. My flesh says, you don't need to pray tonight. You're good. Come on. You don't need, you're good. You've done pray two or three times on, and on this day. You're good. You don't need to pray again. But then I say, uh-uh, I ain't doing that. Because I know I need to stay connected to God. 
So watch this. When I go out and do it anyways, by the time I'm done, I feel so much better. What, you want to know why? Because I connected to the power source. So say this with me. Stay connected. Stay connected. That's part of watching and praying. You are staying connected. Why? Because when I'm connected, I'm connected to the benefits. What are the benefits of the kingdom of God? We know that it's peace, it's joy, it's health, it's prosperity. We know victory, all these things. They are benefits of the kingdom of God. Amen? He said, I'd bless you in the city and in the field, and you're going in and you're coming out. You'll be a lender, not a bar. These are all benefits of staying connected. Now, which brings me to a one simple point. This is why you and I need church. Brother Robbie, why do I need church? Because you are a body part, you're not the body. Now, I know a lot of times we say, oh, I'm the body of Christ. I'm the bo-. No, you're the body part of Christ. You're only the body of Christ when you come together with many other parts. Come on, somebody, talk to me. You see, watch this. Any part that's not connected to the body does what? They die. Oh, I don't believe I need to come to church. I don't believe in all that. Blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? You dying off. Oh, I can, I, can serve, I can serve God just as well at home. No, you can't. That's a lie. You can't do it. Why? Because you're not connected. Amen. Somebody say amen or oh me. You're not connected. Me, listen to me, I'm saying this to me just as I'm saying to everybody else. I've got to be here just as much as you've got to be here. Why? Because I'm only one part of a body. Now, if you cut, listen to me, who's got an axe in here? Anybody got an axe or something? If I chop off my hand, Danielle's got one. If I chop off my hand right now, what is going to happen to my hand? It's going to die. Even if it says... Well, you know, I know who I am in Christ and blah, 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 and I don't need church and all this other stuff. Is it still going to die? Even if it says, I don't need the body, I don't need the arm, I don't need the heart, the brain, all this other stuff. I can just function however I want to. Is it still going to die? Yes. Why? Because it's not connected. I didn't say this. Jesus said it. He said, apart from me, you can do nothing. And when you are not connected with me, he said, you begin to die. So we need to stay connected. Amen? What's one preventative measure to making sure that you are not led into temptation? Staying connected. Because I promise you, I'm telling you right now, it's when you're distant from church or distant from the word or prayer is when the enemy really starts to work on you. I promise you. This is really when he begins to mess with you. Why? Because you are disconnected from the power. Praise God for church. Praise God for the Word of God. Praise God for prayer time. Why? Because God established these things so that you and I could stay in victory. Amen? I mean, something happens. Let me tell you something, church. Something happens when you get around a bunch of people that's that's called corporate faith. When you get around a bunch of believers, I read it to you, I mean, several months past, what happens? The Bible says they were all healed. The Bible says that you can use other people's faith when it's transferred and you be healed or you be delivered or set free. Amen? Thank God for the church. 
Thank God for the church. Luke uh, 24 Verses uh, 24 through 30 or 28. It says, When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walks through dry places, seeking rest and finding none. He says, I will return unto my house whence I came out. And when he comes, he finds it swept and garnished. I'm going to show you something today. Next verse. Then he goes, then goes he and takes to him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. That word wicked means twisted. Right? How many's got any wicker furniture? How many's got any? You know how they call it wicker? Because it's twisted. Right? It's all twisted. This is what the word wicked means. More wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. 27. It says, And it came to pass, as he spoke these things, a certain woman of the company lifted up her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bare you and the paps which gave you suck. And verse 28 says this. Listen to what Jesus says. He said, Yeah, that's true. He said, But whether you're more blessed when you what? Hear the word of God and what? Keep it. Okay. What's that have to do with ver all them verses right there? Now, I'm going to show you something here this morning. Now, it talks about it. how many has went through a battle over and over and over? Yeah. Same battle, but over and over again. I'm going to deal with you this morning. What do we need to learn? Watch this. The devil likes to visit old dwelling places to see, to see what? Just maybe if he can occupy it again. Now, I can tell you two different testimonies of two great men of God. Both battled severe disease in their body. God healed them. And they both made this same statement right here. And I want you to listen to this. They both made the same statement. They both said one was Oral Roberts and the other one was Kenneth Hagin, two great men of God, great men of faith. They said this one thing. They said the devil came back again and tried to put on, now listen, tried to put on the same symptoms to see if they would accept it. Now when I say symptoms, I mean full-blown just as if they had that disease again. Or Robert State, he said, I'm sitting there and I'm fighting it. It, tries to, it tried to come on me again. Same thing with Kenneth Hagin. He said, I fought that thing all night. And he said, by the end of the night, I was laughing at the devil because I realized that once I was set free from that thing, he had no power to put it back on me again. But the, the, what I, the point I'm trying to make is, is that the enemy will return. That's what Jesus said. Now, it's not just with healing. It's with anything that you've been set free from. Poverty, debt, come on. Addiction, whatever it is. He'll come back and say, huh, can I occupy this place again? This, watch this. This brings me to my next point here that you need to watch this. You need to watch and be alert. Why? Because we know, guess what? How many uses that expression? It runs in the family. It runs in the family. 
So watch this. If it runs in the family, then what should you be watching for? What runs in the family. Amen? Why? Because we know that the devil is always trying to come back. He'll come back. He said he would. Oh, I've been healed. I've been delivered. I've been this and that. That's good. But he's going to try to come back and see, can I occupy it? And here's the danger. What did Jesus say? How do we prevent that from happening? Amen? How do we prevent that sickness, that poverty, that depression, that addiction, whatever it is, how do we prevent that from coming back on us or entering in again to this house? Which I'm going to state something here in just a minute. The word house also means generation. Let me say it again. House also means generation. How many knows we're in generations? Mama, son, daughter, granddaughter, generations. How do we stop this? Go back to the last verse, Dave, and Luke. Verse 28. Notice what he said. He said, how do I keep the the man from coming back and occupying the house? Those that hear the word of God and what? Keep it. Bless God, I just knew that God healed me. I just knew that God delivered me. I knew He set me free. And here I am again battling this same disease, this same problem, this same issue. Did you keep the word? Let me me tell you what most people do. They'll get in this word whatever issue they're dealing with, and they'll go with something specific with that issue, and they'll stand on it for a while, stand on it, they'll do whatever it takes, and God will take it away, and He he honors His Word, and then here's what they do. Don't need it no more. I'm good. Don't need it. And then guess what? A while later, the enemy comes back. Oh, this is my old house that I used to occupy. And look, I look in it, and the Word is not occupying it anymore. How does He know what's occupying you? Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. Is this good this morning? How, do you, how does the enemy know what's occupying you? How does he know what's in you? You speak it. Out of the abundance of the heart, Jesus said, the mouth speaks. How does the enemy know what's in my heart? My mouth speaks it. And so therefore, because I don't think I need it anymore, I don't need delivered anymore, I'm not battling addiction anymore, I'm not battling sickness anymore, I throw that word away and I stop standing on it and it's no longer effective to me and I no longer keep it. So therefore, I am now a house that is swept clean but not occupied. Somebody say amen. But not occupied. And so guess what? The sickness came back, didn't it? The poverty came back. The addiction came back. The mindset came back. You see, this is what I'm telling you. You need to hear me this morning. Because the Bible says that faith is a good fight. 
Notice what I said, a good fight. It's, it didn't say it's a good dance. No, it's a good fight. This is a fight that we're in. It's, it's a daily thing. And this is not to wear you out. Oh, Lord, faith doesn't wear you out. If faith is wearing you out, then you're, you're, you're working for faith instead of faith working for you. Come on, somebody. Faith doesn't wear, wear you out. Uh-uh. If that were so, that God would be the tiredest being that you ever thought of. Because he lives and moves and exists and everything is by faith, right? God said, I'm the author and the finisher of it. Faith doesn't wear you out. Oh, I'm just so weared out and believing God. I'm just, I don't know how I'm going to, I've had sleepless nights and all the You're not in faith. You're in care. Hello? How many knows that cares are heavy? Oh, yeah, they are. They're heavy. And you just got to care about it, right? Wrong. That's right. Wrong. He said, cast all your cares on me. I say every day, I make a statement every day, I will not care about this. I refuse to take care. I refuse. Because the moment that I take the care is the moment that God throws it off and says, I no longer have to care about this. Amen. Y'all need to hear me this morning. You got cares in your finances or your body or whatever, cast those cares onto God. Cast your cares onto God because He cares for you. So watch, what do we need to do? We need to keep the word. Somebody say, keep the word. Matthew 21, verses 21 and 22. Listen to this. It says, Jesus answered and said unto them, Truly I say unto you, if you have faith and doubt not. Now what does that mean, doubt not? People get so tripped up on that. Oh, if I got any, I mean, just the littlest bit of a thought of doubt, I don't have fullness of faith. That's not what it says. What does that word doubt mean? To doubt means, let me read it like this, because this is the translation. Verily I say unto you, if you have faith and you don't waver back and forth. Oh, that's, that's, that's different, isn't it? So when God says, don't doubt me, that doesn't. You can't have one little, I mean, if you have one little thought of doubt in you, it's over. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, don't go back and forth. God's going to heal me? Maybe he's not going to heal me. God's going to hit, well, maybe he's not going to heal me. God's going to, oh, but so-and-so didn't get healed. Quit going back and forth. That is doubting. When you're doing this, God's going to heal me. I know God's going to heal me. I know God's going to heal me. I know I'm healed. I know I'm healed. I don't care if it didn't work for anybody else. I know I'm healed. That is not doubting. See what I'm saying? So he says, have faith and don't wonder or go back and forth. James describes it as a double-minded person that goes forth back and forth as what? As a wave. How many How many has been to the ocean? What do waves do? Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. They're not consistent. They're not stable, but they're back and forth. They're wishy-washy all the time. That's what waves do. God says, I don't want you to be like that. What are you believing God for? Then that's what you need to be steadfast on. You don't need to be looking at anything else, but you need to be focused on that one thing. This is what I'm believing God for, and I have it in Jesus' name. 
that's not doubting in your heart. Now watch. If you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only say to this which is done to the fig tree, you not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but you shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be cast into the sea, and it shall be what? Done. Verse 22. And all things whatsoever you shall ask or demand in prayer, believing you shall receive. Right? Mark 11. Let's read Mark 11. And in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter calling to remembrance said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. It obeyed your command. Next verse. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Have faith in God. The Greek says, Have God faith. Say that with me. Have God faith. What kind of faith do I have? Oh, I've got a measure. No, you've got God faith in you. What the measure is how much of it you're allowing to work in your life. Come on, somebody. Have God faith. Next verse. For truly I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, what do you got to do? Say. Speak. Speak to what? The mountain. Speak to what? Your circumstances. Speak to what? Your bills. Speak to what? Your body. Speak to what? Your mind. Speak to what? Your family. Speak to your business. Speak to your ministry. You've got to speak. You've got to open your mouth and you've got to say something. Turn to your neighbor and say, say something. You shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in your heart. Shall not go back and forth. Don't praise God. Now, if you see in the passage in Mark eleven twenty two, you see that Jesus is dealing with mountains, our obstacles in our way, whether spiritually or physical things that are around us. Now, what did Jesus teach us to do? He taught us to use preventative measures. How did he do that? Well, let's think about it. As we said last week, mountains are able to be seen from afar off. You don't get right up to it and say, oh, I didn't know that this was here. No, you're able to see it. So watch this. If I can see something way off in the distance that's in my way, I can start preparing for it when? Now. That's what preventative faith is all about. Preparing now, not waiting till something happens. And notice what Jesus said. Now, I asked you earlier, if you have a mountain in your way, what's the solution to that? Well, if you read in the passage, it clearly tells you that if you've got a mountain in your way, God has a word for that mountain. Hallelujah. He's got a word for that mountain. If your mountain is sickness, God's got a word for that. 1 Peter 2, 24. If you've got a mountain of poverty... God's got a word for that. Deuteronomy 8, I've given you power to obtain wealth so that my covenant will be established on the earth. You see, no matter what kind of mountain is in your way or that you're facing, God has a word. Now, what do you do with words? You speak them. And I'm going to say this very quickly. Until you learn how to start speaking to your problems, your problems are not going to go anywhere. You see, we do such a good job of speaking of this and speaking of that instead of speaking to what we should be speaking to. And that is our circumstances or anything that's not lining up with God's will in our life. God said to speak to that mountain. Don't wait on God to speak for it. 
Oh God, move this mountain out of my way. How many times do you hear people say that? Well, he never said that he would move the mountain. He said, I've given you the ability. I've empowered you to move the mountain. Praise God. So we thank God for mountain moving power. I want to pray for those tonight, again, that have mountains in your way. And I'm going to pray this time that God will give you a word, that he will quicken a word for you. You see, the Bible talks about a rhema word. There's two words in the Greek for word. There's logos and then there's rhema. Rhema is that quicken word. That word when the light bulb goes off, oh, I understand that. That hits home to me. And see, it, the Bible says it's that word that is the sword of the Spirit. We went back to the armor of God a few weeks ago. The sword of the Spirit. So I'm going to pray right now that God gives you a word about your situation. Because one word from God can change what? Everything. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now for every person, Lord, that is hungry to obtain what you promised them. Father, I know without a shadow of a doubt that you want them to have what you've promised them. You want them to enter into the promised land that you have, the visions, the dreams that you gave them. But Lord, that there's a mountain in their way. But I'm so thankful today, Father, that you have given them, you've given them a word to meet that mountain. You knew the mountain was going to be there, so you gave a word ahead of time. I pray right now, Father, that your people will hear your voice, that the word of God will be quickened to your people tonight, that the rhema word will come forth. You said faith comes by hearing, hearing by the rhema word of God. I pray right now that as they do that, that as they receive this word concerning a specific problem in their life, that they will begin to speak it out of their mouth. For our mouth is the other side of that two-edged sword, which is the word of God. I thank you for this, Lord. I thank you for all the testimonies that's coming out of this. And again, we thank you for mountain-moving power in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Guys, thank you so much for watching this program and all those that write to us telling us how much this blesses you, a specific teaching, how it really helped you. That really encourages us and that lets us know that we are doing our job. Our job is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news to as many people as we can. And faith partners, you allow us to do that and we can't thank you enough for that. And if you would like to become a faith partner today, all you have to do is come in contact with the ministry. The announcer's coming up very soon, and he's going to tell you how you can come in contact and connect with this ministry. As you help us, as you partner with us, we are able to take this gospel all around the world. And people need some good news now more than ever. We love you guys. Thank you so much again. We'll see you right here next week. Keep walking by faith. If you would like to become a faith partner, please contact us at P.O. Box 264, Tazewell, Virginia 24651. You may also reach us at 276-971-2333. You may also request information at AccelerateFaith.org. Our email for faith partners are faithpartner at AccelerateFaith.org as well.
command the lame to walk. We command it in the name of Jesus. The devil is a liar.